But this is something that's on my heart too. So I'll be, I'll be speaking to a lot of myself today. And I'm trusting that this message is going to be for a few of you today. I'm not sure about all of you, but a few of you today. And that's, that's the exciting thing about God's word. Is if you're just obedient and trusting him and share what's on your heart and in his word, then lives are changed. And it's the coolest thing. So if, if you feel something today or something spoke to you, share it with somebody else. You know, or there's comment cards as well. We'd love to hear how this message affects you. And again, if you're brand new in this parallel church, we've got a gift for you in the lobby. We forgot to mention that at the beginning, but a new here table, we'd love to give you that. But um, Pastor Kelly gives the campus pastors an opportunity to speak. Now it's, it's almost once a month. Um, and, uh, and having a guy like Pastor Tim here, he's such a gift, right? And his songwriting and his words, um, we get to share. So Tim was going to share this weekend and I get to share next weekend, which is Mother's Day. And so each, each of the campuses have campus pastors preaching, and Tim is also our online campus pastor. So that's where his place was. So welcome, you guys online. Um, thank you for joining, and I'm excited about today. I t- entitled this message, Full of Life, because we were just singing, you know, that you're for me, not against me, you know, I am who you say I am, and, and we, we sing all these songs about how good God is, and the of life, and John 10, 10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to its fullness, right? That's the second part. The first part is the thief comes only to steal. Right? Now, what steals from your life? What, what takes from what your life is? Because we can take back our city, but we got to do that in such a way that others can follow. Right? And we've been sharing so much about, you know, the passion of serving and, and, and having your faith journey walked out on this journey. But it's, it's not only for a few. That's for all of us. Right? If, if, if you went to what the 80-20 rule is, and, and often in churches, it's 80% of the people are there and 20% are serving. Right? So it's, it's, it's a fairly low percentage. And I think that number needs to change. But that doesn't mean that everybody does all the same because how much would there be to do? But if we all took that step, it's in serving and giving of our time and sharing with others. It doesn't mean on a Sunday. This is seven days a week. But it, it's in those opportunities that you actually grow and, and find out what you're kind of made of. You know, and it's, it's, so if you're not living a full life at times, that it's kind of on you, you know, because you still get to make those choices of what you want to give in your life and what you want to receive in your life. Often when Cindy and I meet with families or couples or, or people in the care side of ministry, um, it's usually when they're in distress of some form. And, and we often use the five F's. So faith, How's your faith, your family, your fun, your finance, and your fitness? How's your health? So, Because often when people come to you, they, they, don't, they don't know what the problem is. They just know that the problem's sitting beside them. That's what it appears to be. But there's a whole bunch of things contributing to that demise. A whole bunch of decisions that were made in the previous months and maybe even years that get them into that position. But often when they sit there, the only thing that the evidence that they see in their life is the person that they're with. It, 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 must, it must just be them, or, or maybe it's me. But I'm here to say that there's other things that are contributing to that. Because we don't really see it coming. It's a slow fade, and, and as you serve, and I trust that many of you would say, okay, I want to become a part of a team here. I want to become a part of either my city care or take some steps. And as a campus pastor, you want as many people connected that way, because that's when they go through something wrong or a struggle in their life. They're connected to someone that they can say, hey, I think I'm running on empty here. There's something, something missing from my life. There's, there's something going on in my life that needs to change. 
You know, have you ever been in a dark place and, you know, or let's say the lights go out in your house and then you go to that trusty flashlight because your phone's upstairs or wherever. Because, I mean, who has flashlights in their home anyways? But this is a good illustration anyways, right? Maybe your phone's going dead, right? And you look for it and you can't find it or you find it and you go, it's, 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 not, it's not powerful enough for you to see what's going on. Or, or maybe, I don't know, I, I like my, my motorcycle. I got a nice big motorcycle, super heavy, about 850 pounds. But it doesn't have a gas gauge. Real smart, eh? So you got to kind of know, when you fill up, I can get about 110, it's a U.S. bike, so I can get about 110 miles. So anywhere in there, depending on how I'm riding it, that gas light can come on. So i got to look at my mileage and go, okay, got to work it out. But there's been times where we've been on vacation, and one time we were on vacation in British Columbia. We just came back from a conference. Cindy and I were on this motorcycle, and it was running horrible. It was misfiring and sputtering and I was like, oh, God, you got to just keep it running. Because you're driving through the mountains. And it also did that from Seattle to Vancouver at nighttime. And I'm thinking, who's going to stop? Because I'm a pretty tough-looking biker. Who's going to stop for us, right? They probably think I'm stealing her. Because it's like, why is this nice girl with this gross biker guy? But when, when it was sputtering like that, and, that, and that, all of a sudden the gas light came on, I got real worried. Because I knew something's up. But, but do we have that in our life? Do we see in our relationships, is there a light comes on or some kind of indication that maybe something needs to change so that you can get it just before it seems like it's irreparable and you're stuck somewhere? Or you're stuck in that relationship where all you think is, I, I, I can't continue to do this. I'm, I'm going to be done. And again, I, I talk quite a bit about relationships because we spend a lot of time with people in that, in that trouble, in that challenge. And it breaks my heart. And, it, and it, many times it doesn't work. I'm the product of that. My own family, my own mother and father weren't able to stay together. And I looked at those situations. So I have a passion to see how can we do whatever we can that we can put those, that, that gauge on our marriages and our relationships, on our lives for that matter. Never mind marriage, because maybe your marriage is strong, but, but you're starting to sputter. You're starting to run out of gas and, and you don't know what it is. Is there, is there some way that we can catch it soon enough that we'd go, okay, I've been here before. I know what it is. I know what I need to do. And that's kind of what today is. Because what, you're, what drives you to do what you're doing, because many of you who are serving and, and giving of your time do that because you love to see change because it gives you value. But that cannot be your only value in life. Because when you give and serve and then all of a sudden that value goes away or somebody doesn't acknowledge it, man, do you ever feel empty? And then we see people pull back. That's why it's vital to be connected. It's like, what's going on? And sometimes they need to pull back because they, they need that rest. That's the wisdom. And that's kind of what this message is about. Suddenly the things you used to enjoy are difficult. Those are some of the warning signs. And I'm going to give you some of these symptoms here. When, when you need to refuel. Now, I'm not sure if this is you. This might be, you might see none of these things in your life. You might see a bunch of these things. And if that's it, I want you to look at that. This is a warning light. This is something that's telling me I need to change something. Not the spouse. You need to take authority over this and do it for yourself. Because it's that oxygen mask. If you're not healthy, you, you put in the expectations. And then you're also putting all the onus on them to make you better. And that's the most powerless thing to do is to have your destiny in somebody else's hands. Because you can't always change them. Right? So number one. Here's some symptoms that you're maybe running low on fuel. Difficulty concentrating. That's kind of like me all the time. 
I'm that squirrel type of guy. I see things. So it doesn't necessarily, oh, yeah, my marriage is in trouble. I can't, my relationship's in trouble. I can't remember. I just changed my mind and, you know, or I cut my wife off talking because I was concentrating on something else which seemed more important to me but not too important to her. So I usually find out about that. That's a, yeah, you'll learn. I, I'm st- you might learn. I'm still learning. <laughs> Having a hard time making decisions. Uh, that's another area of my life. I, I, I like to, to, man, if Cindy will say, we should get this. I'm like, well, let's just look around. Let's, let's check this out. Let's check that out. And next thing you know, we got an Amazon package, and she made the decision for me. Because <laughs> I have a hard time. I have a hard time trusting that I'm doing the right thing, right? But if I, maybe if I had more time. Irritability or symptoms of touchiness, you know, like you're just edgy and, and you seem irritable. Even, you know, I often find this when you're driving, <laughs> right? People don't know how to use a traffic circle or a four-way stop sign. Very frustrating. But, but you're not going to be able to change every other driver out there. You can only change how you're going to respond to that. Frequent tears, you know, emotional. And, and, that's, and it's like, man, I never used to, I mean, I'm, I'm, always, I'm kind of an emotional guy anyways, but but frequent tears from situations you're facing. Feeling like things are out of control. You don't know what to do. And that's often when people will reach out for help. It's out of control, but they think it's gone too far at that time. Sense of hopelessness. Bad temper, anyone? Don't put your hand up. Don't put your spouse's hand up. Decreased interest in group activities. That, I would just use that as church. Or maybe you're pulling back from your friends and family because maybe your house is just not a, an environment conducive to having others look into it. That's a big indicator, guys. If you don't feel like connecting or growing together in a church or becoming part of a connect group or you just like, that, that is an indicator. A general lack of interest in life. Maybe you're just not interested in anything. And then, of course, there's Depression. And I never tell people, I always say, talk to a doctor about that because there's, there's help for things like that. Maybe you find follow-through difficult. You know, you're dropping the ball. Areas that you once used to have under control, you know, it's garbage day and it's like you drive home, oh man, I forgot to put the garbage out. That's, that's an indicator. Those are small things, but there are things in your life that your gas gauge is empty and you didn't check and then you got to go to work. You wake up in the morning and you're, you're, you're getting out of control. You're not getting through these things. Insufficient energy to solve problems. You don't, you don't have the energy to do that. If you're in that, that doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you're, you're a bad person. It just means that that fullness of life that Christ has for you, you need to make some changes. To just put in a prayer request about your situations, it's going to help. But what about your part? We pray every day. Every Sunday we pray for prayer cards. Except for today we did bear, so not every Sunday. But we prayed before. We prayed before for teams. And we're going to pray for all your prayer requests. Don't, don't get me wrong there. Sometimes it shows up in the intimate life of couples. Nobody elbow anybody. But sometimes that area starts to suffer. Again, your capacity for so many things is, is lacking. But right away, you start. You, most people are going to blame their spouse if they would do this or if they didn't do that when really it's the situation's. So what did God say about this? Was it important? Was rest and, and, and watching how we're doing and managing our life, was it important? Because I love leadership teaching, but leadership teaching sometimes is so gung-ho that everybody says, I got to be so gung-ho all the time. And, and that's the wrong message to send because we're not really relying on God. We're thinking it's all us in that situation. 
But rest for God isn't an afterthought. You know, it has to be a primary responsibility. You have to schedule it as diligently as you would fill up your week with all the things that are going to bring so much fulfillment to you. You have to schedule rest. It'll bring a rhythm back in your life where, where you can find yourself having a little bit of energy. I mean, I'm one of those guys on vacation. Cindy's with a book by the pool. I'm like by the pool for two minutes, jumping in the water, get out of the water, go see around here. Let's go check out this. I don't want to sit. I can't sit. But until recently, and then I started going, okay, I got to, why, why do I always have to, and maybe that's just my personality, but maybe, maybe I need to learn to rest, because maybe it's, maybe it's an insecurity in me, feeling that if I'm not accomplishing something, or exploring something, or, or gaining something, that I'm, I'm a nobody. When does your day begin? This is cool, this is interesting, and this is from a message that Pastor Kelly preached a while back, back, oh, a long time ago. But when does your day begin? You think, most people think when they wake up, and I don't know if it's like you, but often I wake up already going, oh, I got a bunch of things to do. You know, I got to get ready for this. And, and you're at your worst then because you're foggy and then you're not starting. But, but let's look in the Bible because in Genesis 1-5, God, God told us something different and I, and I never saw this until I read it. And when I read it, I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, maybe we got our days mixed up when we're doing things. And this is just some insight into how to get your life into order. Maybe it's, it's never too late, because today you can start. You can start looking at your life a little bit differently. It says 1-5. I think it's going to be up there. Um, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and then there was morning. One day. Evening, then morning. Then, then there was morning. So it started, it seems to me that he was saying, be prepared before you go to rest, for the things ahead. You know, maybe get a little bit of a jump on things so you can actually rest. Because how many, how many of you guys wake up in the middle of the night thinking of all the things that are on your life? You didn't go to, you didn't go to bed to rest. To rest, you went thinking of all these problems. And sure enough, at three in the morning, which I happen to know is usually when you end into or go into the deep sleep, REM, REM sleep, that reduces stress. And I found that out when we got back from Haiti. I always woke up at 2 a.m., between 2 and 3 a.m. I could not sleep because I had all this stress on my mind from what we experienced. So it's actually, there's actually some science to it. So if you're waking up at that hour, maybe there's something you can do before you go to sleep that night because that's the start of your day. I'm going to start this day with rest. I'm going to start this day with getting my mind and my thoughts on things that are worthy of God. And that's why I've heard this before. I said, write down the 10 things that you're grateful for that day before you go to bed. And, and that's actually scientifically proven that, that you'll have a deeper sleep because you're showing gratitude for what God has given you. You're starting your day really at 7 or 8, 8 p.m. at night to get ready for your night sleep because it was important to God. It's true, God wants us to rest. He wants us to rest from work. And we can see that. Now, many of you, your work days are going to be different. Like, this is a work day for me, and I get Thursdays and Fridays off. Except sometimes I book them for other things, because it seems like that's all. But I, I've been diligent as my Thursday and my Friday is kind of like those two days that I have to. Does it feel natural to me? No. There's always things to do. There's always a need as a pastor. There's always somebody's life. But I had to trust God that I am not Jesus. 
to those individuals that he can handle their decisions because I need to take care of my own tank before I can start putting it to other people's. So Exodus 8, or 20, 8 to 11, it says, Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I'm going to read here because I want to, I want to see you guys. And keep it holy. Work six days, do everything you need to do, but the day is the Sabbath to God. Is that what it is? But the seventh day is the Sabbath to God, to your God. Do not do any work, any work. Not you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servant, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even foreign guests visiting in town. I don't know what that situation would be, but maybe you would. For in the six days God made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it, them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore God be blessed the Sabbath day, and he set it apart as a holy day. So I, I think we can look at that and go, we, we've, got a, we've got word from God that we can take a day. Now how many of you do nothing on that day? I don't know. I know I don't, guys. There's always something to do. But it doesn't mean you have to do absolutely nothing, just sit there on your couch. There is things that are going to refuel you. But I believe it should be something different from what your norm is. Do, do something fresh that week. Maybe go for a walk. And, and, you, and I'm going to finish today with some suggestions on how you can actually get life back. But you need, to, you need to have that one day where you don't. This week, look at me. And I'm preaching to me today because this week I've got, I got firefighter training every day including Friday, which is cool. Not chopping down doors with axes, nothing like that. Not cool firefighter stuff, but <laughs> I always like to picture myself that way, climbing ladders and putting out houses. Yeah, I got it, I got it, guys. I'll tip that car over. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I get to learn how, how to deal with people that are talking about suicide and, and how firefighters go through these tremendous, stressful experiences and how I can help them see from a different perspective because I'm not in that perspective. But that's my week, and then I'm doing a wedding on Saturday, which I love to do. And then Sunday, I get to share for Mother's Day. So, yeah, who? That's good. Thanks. Is that Sarah? <laughs> but but I, I'm not saying I got this down pat. And, that, and there could be seasons where you're that, but don't, don't get stuck in that, because I know many of us can, can all of a sudden, that becomes the norm, and all, all of a sudden, all you're doing is, is doing that. And you're going, well, and we said this, man, Cindy would know it too. Yeah, but after this week or after that week, then we can. Who's responsible? We are. Well, after two weeks, well, man, then we get to do it. No. So God wants us to rest from work. Do it. It's important to him. Rest from troubles. You know, we need to be strong enough to be able to be still. And that's, that's, that's I'm preaching to me too. Psalm 37, 7. Quiet down before God. And we sang that song caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here. It didn't say, I just want to dance around your feet and do stuff for you, God. No, it says, I just want to sit here. That's powerful, guys. That's a powerful revelation that we need to get. I do that in my backyard often. I'll just sit there and just, okay, I'm just going to light a fire and just sit and do nothing. Don't go on Facebook. Sometimes I do. Sorry. I don't know if I look at Facebook sometimes. <laughs> Actually, I need help from Facebook. There should be support groups like that. <laughs> Facebook Anonymous. So quiet down before God. Be prayerful before him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. Because you're going to see somebody that's got enough energy, and man, as a guy that's in his 60s now, pastoring in a church where there's people in their 20s and 30s, they're not elbowing their way to the top, but they have way more energy. 
but I would be useless if I tried to keep up all the time. Useless. I got to know where my giftings are and trusting God that, you know, I still have that value. So does that mean that, that means that I need to learn something about myself in, the, in that trial, in that challenge? And just maybe I can help those who are striving so much to go, whoa, whoa, guys, there's, there's a bit of a flag here. I, I've been there doing this for 20 years. I've been there in those seasons, and, and you don't run too low because people are watching you, and we see it in leadership all the time in churches. They, they strive, and they become celebrities and do all these things, and, and then they crash miserably because, because it's too much to pull them up. There's something else missing in there. Don't bother with everyone who's going to run past you. Just let them go and, and encourage them, but then also as a campus pastor, I go slow down. You're here every day. When are you going to slow down? And I know I'm here every day this week, but next week. <laughs> See, I, I need this, guys, as much as any of you. Or maybe just a few of you, I'm not sure. We don't need to take on everyone else's troubles either. And that's the thing I do sometimes. I go, man, it, it, it gets you sometimes, right? Because you, you sit with it and you think, man, i got to be able to do something. But who are, are we really trusting God? And this is the other one. Rest from anxiety. Because God will give you peace. And, and whenever we do a funeral, that's what we can pray for people is peace because at, in the end, um, it's pretty sobering to see what's left after a life serving and giving. It, 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 there's a legacy left and all those things, but all the things that we once strive for to have around us are really there, just often in just a garage sale. Right? It's really sobering because you go, man, what's really important? It's giving your life, but that's a full life going, man, God, I've done it. I've finished the race. I finished the race. Right? You don't want to get halfway and then go, I got to quit. Or pull back again in your faith and go, this faith must not be real because I, I, just, I just don't, there can't be no God. Just maybe it was you trying too hard and not looking deep enough inside yourself to go, why am I striving to be all these things when, when I can just be resting in your presence? So rest from anxiety, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Because anxiety is mind. If you, if you undefined fear, you, you can't figure out what your problem is. That's why we start with the five Fs. Okay, how's this area of your life? Because honestly, people, when, they're anx- when they have anxiety, they don't know what it is. They just know I can't even go outside. Because they're at so heightened and such, such hyperness that they, 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 they don't know what it is. So let's just break it down and go, is that it? Okay, then you don't have to fear about going outside. If it's your finances, go for a walk. Not going for a walk isn't going to put more money in your bank account. Do something that's going to bring health, health for you. But guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our minds are amazing. Learn something about them. Rest from busyness. You know, again, if, if, if you're busy all the time, you know what, I, I find myself saying that. How's it going? Oh, we're busy. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's busy. It's good. It's busy. Is that, why, why do we feel we need to have that? And why can't we just say, yeah, it's, it's going good, but man, I had a, such a good day off. <laughs> it was so nice. That kind of example where others would look and go, man, I want that life. That seems like a full life, man. They've, they're doing all these things, and then they just rest, and they just seem to have this peace about them. We should be a people of a light in a community that they go, I see that light and I want to be like that. Take our city back because we've got more than enough. You, no one can say they don't have enough, really. 
But then we also have this life that we're managing and trusting God for all those things in our life that we might think that the world's going to give. And that's one thing. Secular things, I'll just say the word secular. I know. I'm a Christian. That means things that are, I don't even know what secular means. I haven't even looked it up. I know that secular music is bad, but as back in the day, so you guys would know that, right? Many of you guys would know that. But you're, you, you can only going to be full, so fulfilled because you've seen all kinds of millionaires and billionaires. They're, they're, they've got all those things, but they're still not fulfilled. They still don't have that true rest, right? And we know that, being believers. So rest from busyness. God wants to give you a time to recharge. Mark 6.31, Then, because so many people are coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, and he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So many people. Man, you look around, you see that, right? These are so much scripture about this, and yet we read over it and go, okay, yeah, they have to take... It's kind of like it's in the back of our mind. Oh, yeah, we've got to take a rest. But we don't put it as a priority because maybe there's something inside us that says, no, that means we're weak, or we haven't got enough, or... And we've got enough of the world and enough hurt in our lives often that if I do this, I'm going to have... If I do that, but you need to know that God loves you exactly the way he made you. All your shortcomings. And man, I got a good word for Mother's Day because mothers, man, moms give it all. It's a teaser. There's a teaser at the end too, but this is a good one because I, I, I grew up with a single mom that, that gave it all and I, I learned and grew so much by watching her example to the point where in her later years I said, Mom, rest. Take it easy. You deserve it. Because of that example. So then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have time. Jesus was like, like, come on, guys. Come alone. Let's get away. Pastor Kelly doesn't make us do that, but he does that with the campus guys, and I love it. Because we rest, but then we also look and get a clear vision for what God wants us to do. Rest from stress. God wants to take away your burdens, man. And we, we sing about it, and then we come in at the end of our week sometimes. And really, this should be the beginning of our week, right? This is the first day, man, we're going to give this day because we're going to learn to recharge. Before you go to bed tonight, you're going to go, okay, what am I thankful for? Um, what do I need to take care of before I wake up that I can have a good start to the day? Because I don't want to start with an empty tank. Right? Just, it, it, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, I should do that. And then you go to bed, you're like, oh, I'm going to watch TV for a little long. Oh, I'm going to go on Facebook. All right, oh, I'll make lunch in the morning. And then you wake up, I don't have time to shower. I, don't, I shower every day, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. Big deal. Rest from stress. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I want to... Camp on that for a second. I don't know what too much time I got left, but um, religion will do that, right? Religion's all about what you can do and what you can't do, and 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 that's not what God wanted, man. He wanted us to have a full life, and and enjoying it to the to its max, no matter what we face. Illness, it's like no, I still got enough because I can deal with illness. That's nothing. But I don't have to measure up to some religious person who's going to tell me, no, you can't do this. You've got to get that out of your life in order. You've got to get this. I'm imploring you and challenging you to take care of your life because you deserve it because God loves you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that other passages burnt out on religion. That's what it was talking about. This can be so much. And, and we want to 
challenge people to go in their community and love others, but make sure you're loving your own home as well and your own community. You're going to do that when you have enough to give in that. Psalm 127.2, it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning. What, I missed my, I had another key point there. Must be in the printer. <laughs> it is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. He's telling you, rest. That not, doesn't mean every day. You should a little, but make sure you're taking those breaks. That's my takeaway today. Well, that's not. This is my takeaway today. I don't know if it's not a good one. It was 6 p.m. last night, so I probably think that was stupid. But sometimes it takes a little getting low to find ourselves because that takes responsibility. When we're getting a little bit low, then that's our chance to, to go, okay, there's that indicator. And I gave you guys lots of permission to take a rest and lots of challenge to take on things. Right? And to strive and to grow because that's going to grow in your marriage and your relationships and in your community. And God has a job that he wants us to do. He wants us to, to be the example of this life for others that they would go, yes, I want to be that kind of light. Because, man, they have peace, they have strength, and they're doing so much. But yet they're still resting. But when you get a little low, make sure you take time for yourselves. So if you've been burnt or broken, check inside yourself and you can make that right. Talk to somebody, man. We have care. We're, we're growing our care team here in Lethbridge to more people that can hear about the struggles. But let's, let's take a, a, a maybe an advanced step and go before we're empty. Break down your change into increments, right? What can you do daily? You guys, you're going to do something different today. You can. It should be something different. Recreate. Spiritually, mentally, Physically. It doesn't have to take long to start. Maybe go for a walk for 10 minutes today before you go to bed. I'm going to go for a walk. Watch what happens when you're outside. And all of a sudden you look around. And watch where your thoughts go. If you're like, oh man, i got to mow my grass. Put that on your week. Take care of it. Weekly, take a day completely off with an activity that recreates you. Right, that you're, it's not going to draw from you. And many of the things that I was talking about, I love to do. It's, it, it's not a lot of work to say, oh man, you have to pronounce husband and wife. Wow, that's a tough job. But it, it fulfills me, right? But I still need breaks from that as well. Weekly. On that day, weekly, do something different. Date night. Yearly. Take a vacation or break them down in seasons. You'll need a fix. We do this all the time, Cindy and I. We look, we go, after Easter, we're going to need a break. And then before Christmas, we, we try and look at a week in there and go, okay, that's going to be our getaway week. And, and we often do nothing. <laughs> we just rest. I don't, we don't feel obligated to go because we're, we're old. <laughs> you know, maybe you want to go skiing and all that. That's all good. But we all, we've kind of said, no, we've got to slow down a little bit. We're going to do something. But yearly, we do that throughout seasons of the year. And, and you'll know that. Hopefully you get your faith, your family, your fun, your finances in shape that you can do that. But that takes a purpose to do that. Cool, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, God, that, that you sometimes speak to us. God, when we're, when we're down and out. And God, I just pray that we would hear today what you're saying to us. That our ears would be tuned to 
to your goodness and to your fullness of life, God, that we would manage these days and these steps ahead that we get to take following you, God, walking alongside you, learning these rhythms of grace in our life, God. And those that are, that are maybe work too hard or do too much, God, that you would just not punish them, God, but just let them know that they are enough. That you've taken everything else on, God. Fill them today, God. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to run through a prayer with you right now that does exactly that. And it's not joining the church. It's not joining a religion. It's simply just a relationship with God. So if you'd like, close your eyes, bow your head, repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord, to become my Savior, to become my friend. I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time and believed it, uh, congratulations first off. Second off, there is a link that has been posted in the comment section. Click on that link, fill out that form. We'd love to be a part of your journey, help you along in any way that we can uh, because it's it's new, right? And so we'd love to, to just be able to help you out uh, in any any way that we can.